1: Well, good morning and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a very few minutes, we will give you our Christmas present, the return of Stephen Bennett. The incredible, versatile, experienced contractor will join us to answer any questions you may have about keeping where you live in top shape. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And judging by the crowds here at Pacific Center, all over downtown and everywhere in Metro Vancouver, we're all in full-on shopping mode today, exactly one week from Christmas Day. And despite all the enthusiasm, CIBC said this week we're actually likely to spend a little less this year. Not a lot. On average, about 55 bucks less. According to the poll, we British Columbians will be spending the second lowest amount in the country on the holidays, an average of about $529 this year per person, down from 557 last year, just a marginal decrease. Albertans will spend about 6% more than last year. All other provinces are seeing amounts decreasing most drastically in Quebec, where shoppers are trimming their budgets by 12%. Millennials are making the most drastic cuts to holiday spending, slashing budgets to about 400 bucks a person, which represents a 14% drop over last year. Millennials are also more likely to buy on credit, with one in five saying they'll feel a little guilty as the credit card bills start to roll in in the early new year. CIBC, the authors of this poll, suggests consumers take a few smart steps this December to avoid breaking the bank, including being realistic with family members about holiday expectations tracking expenses, staying in to celebrate rather than racking up huge expensive restaurant bills, and speaking to financial advisors to help get spending under control. Uh, Judging by the gang downstairs, and there was a lineup outside the Hudson's Bay store at 2 minutes to 10 this morning at every entrance, people just waiting to get in and get at it, because all the other details right now are secondary to finding that right present right now. Are you a BlackBerry fan? I'm not, but I know a few people who are, and I mean really are, BlackBerry fans. So this story will be huge for them. According to Consumerist.com, new BlackBerry-branded smartphones will be on the market soon while the company gave up designing and manufacturing its own devices and now only designs software for smartphones, it will continue to license that work to other manufacturers. China's TCL will design, make, and sell BlackBerry devices in most of the world. Those phones may or may not feature software and security features from the surviving parts of BlackBerry the company. So while shrinking down to only a software company means BlackBerry is now much smaller, It's also now focusing on a more profitable industry that depends a lot less on how much of a hit your last smartphone was. No firm release date on those new Blackberries, by the way. Uh, Just soon is all they're saying. Popular note-taking and general reminder app Evernote had big plans for 2017. In January, it was going to start feeding all your personal content to an algorithm in order to improve what they call internal machine learning. But those plans allowed for human employees to peek over the robot's shoulder to see your stuff, which users objected to loudly enough that now those plans are on hold. The proposed policy change was part of the company's move toward improving their machine learning. Feeding your personal notes to robots is one thing, but that same proposal would also have allowed human employees to access some content, as required, to make the software work better. The original policy, and we've been through this in BC before, also included an opt-out mechanism. But that means users would have been opted in by default Unless selecting otherwise sound familiar, you bet the, the planned update for january twenty third is now on hold. The company announced this week company will start working on a new machine learning process. It says, but no employees will be reading content as part of that process unless users first opt in. Our customers let us know that we messed up in no uncertain terms. We heard them. And we're taking immediate action to fix it, says the CEO of Evernote, Chris O'Neill. Well, you would have had to have been beyond completely frozen this past week to miss the interest rate increase in the U.S. on Wednesday. The Federal Reserve raised the overnight rate by a quarter of 1%. Here in the Great White North, Bank of Canada Governor Stephen Polos took a completely different tactic, saying he's still thinking another rate cut isn't completely out of the question. This on Thursday, right after the Fed move Wednesday, and as part of our bank's twice-a-year system review of risks to our financial system. The Bank of Canada again repeated its chief concerns about the financial well-being of us Canadians, and again, their overheated housing markets, especially Toronto and Vancouver, and heavy debt levels in many cases because of those stratospheric housing costs. Mr. Polos characterized this year, 2016, as a challenging year, uh, but also says there's reason to be hopeful, and he also adds, keep a sharp watch on mortgage rates. They're already rising ever so slightly, but the warning is that they aren't about to stop anytime soon. So if you're on a variable rate, get ready to lock in next year, possibly early too. And here we go. Talk about your first world problems. Word from the Wall Street Journal this week is that America's largest product maker, Procter & Gamble, has been taking a big hit in its fabric softener division. They make Bounce and Downy and Gain Brands, among others, and they say millennials just aren't into fabric softeners. The products have been around for 50 years, but over that time, washing machines, detergents, and indeed fabrics have all changed. Couple that with instruction from many of today's fashions, including sportswear, that specifically say, do not use fabric softeners, plus an eco-conscious consumer group who asks a lot of questions about chemicals in these products, and you have the recipe for quite the slump in sales. So to counter that, here come the marketing wizards at Procter & Gamble. They say, they ask rather, have you seen fabric conditioner lately? Because that's what the Downey bottle now says instead. Conditioning is the most intuitive and familiar way to talk about this benefit for customers, says a and g marketing wizard. After all, you use hair conditioner, right? So condition everything, including your duds, I guess. Apparently, it's working to some extent. Sales are up 5% across all brands compared to last year. And no, it's still a terrible idea for a Christmas present. Oh, goody, a box of bounce sheets. Yay. All right. Coming up later in the program is steel Report, and in just a very few minutes, our Christmas present for Vancouver Consumer to you, the return of Stephen Bennett, here to take your calls. you got a problem at your place, and who doesn't with this weather? Look outside. Well, Stephen's here to help. The number is 604-280-9898. We might as well open the lines right now, Chris, because it's going to get real busy. 604-280-9898. Stephen Bennett, next on Vancouver Consumer. Exactly, eleven fourteen this snowy Sunday morning on the west coast of Canada, Sterling Fox with you on Vancouver Consumer, joined in studio by my first guest when I took over this assignment 10 weeks ago, the very first guy we had on the program, well, it turned out to be a very popular guest. Stephen Bennett is a general contractor, a specialist in plumbing and heating, uh, an educator, has been teaching in the business, has been a, an entrepreneur and a business owner for 30 plus years, and he's got a brand new company called Mid-City Plumbing and Heating, and he's back with this on Vancouver Consumer. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Silver. How it's, are you? It's, it's, it's sterling and it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I've been called much worse. <laughs> trust me. Uh, so we're going to open up the phone lines here. 604-280- 9898. Uh, I look funny today, friends. Uh, Stephen's still looking funny at me because I look like I just pulled my finger out of an electric socket. I have toque hair this morning, and I look terrific. Uh, so let's talk, Stephen, about the problems we have. I mean, we got snow, our third snowfall in uh, probably, what, 10 days or less, yeah, and sub-zero temperatures sustaining for over a week. Yep. So in your business, I'll bet you the phone's been just ringing off the hook.
2: It has been ringing off the hook, and it's a lot, it's, a, it's just what, what happened is from the last show we talked about frozen about detaching your hoses. I'm still finding people are not doing that, and that's the number one cause that's going to cause flood and damage and water damage to your home. You've got to get those hoses detached from your house, and you've got to protect those hose bibs, and there's, there's great little devices at uh, Home Depot that uh, little cupping, that insulators that go over top of them for the guys who do not have shutoffs internally in their homes. You've got to get them on there because that's they're already freezing they're already splitting uh, We've done a tremendous amount of replacements already
1: so this would be something because here's what we do yep. we, we have some kind of little device some kind of holder we roll the, ho- uh, the the garden hose up into a nice loop and we hang it on the holder generally right, right near the the tap that it's connected to that's and correct. then we walk away without disconnecting the hose from the outlet at the back of the house that is and it's just correct. that simple that's correct. If we had spent 30 seconds to disconnect that hose... Yep. What, what happens when you well, don't? A pipe bursts?
2: Yeah. The things that we talked about last time, there's two different types of uh, hose bibs. If you've got the older t- style of home, you'll have an internal shutoff going to a hose bib outside. And what happens is that ice will then freeze and cause that valve to split. And as she thaws out, all of a sudden you have water rushing beside your house, flooding the side of your home, right into your drain towels. Right. Or you have what's called the frost-free hose bib, which is our modern type of hose bib. And what it is, it's a brass cylinder. It could be 8 inches, 10 inches, 12 inches long going in through the wall of the house. And it's ideas to is that cylinder remains warm and doesn't freeze. But if you put the hose onto it, the hose then the water freezes and pushes backwards into the soft brass, splitting the tube on internally in the home. And as a result Come springtime, you turn that hose bib on to water the grass or water the, or wash the car, and you're going to be washing
1: the inside of your home at the same time. Ah, oh, boy, the extensive damage. Uh, we're going to get to uh, some calls here. Oh, let's uh, let's get the callers involved here because it's going to be real busy. You popular guy, you. <laughs> so let's go to South Surrey. Uh, Steve, good morning.
3: Yeah, good morning, Sterling.
1: Yes, sir. Your question for Mister Bennett, please.
3: Yes, uh, we have a garbage in our sink, and doesn't seem to be working and I can't get Or do they have reset buttons on them?
2: Yeah. What you have on uh, most garburetors is two things. You have an Allen key fitting that fits in the very center of that garburetor. If you look underneath it, if you lay on your backside and look up, you should have had an Allen key that goes with it. And all you got to do is turn it backwards. The other way, there's also a reset. So if it, for example, you've dropped in a twist tie when you're doing the vegetables, and it's gone inside and locked the blades, it will stop, and then your, your reset will kick. There's a reset. You push up. It's a red button underneath, or it's a white button underneath, and at the same time, take your Allen key, rotate it backwards, make it spin the opposite direction, and you'll unlock it.
3: What's the cost for a new one?
2: A cost for a new one, they're generally about two hundred and twenty-five dollars for the for the product itself for a good quality uh, ISE, a stainless steel version, or Badger, and probably an hour's labor to install.
4: So,
1: what's that?
2: You're, you're probably looking at a total of about three hundred three hundred twenty-five dollars.
1: Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'd go looking no, for I, that uh, reset product if I were you, Steve. Yeah,
2: and that's what I do is I get, I get there to bring the product to you and then I'd look at your product and if it's in really good shape or reasonable shape, why not just keep using it? Sure. Yeah,
1: okay. exactly. I got a question for you about outside the house. Uh, okay. This this is this is in my house and, I'm, and it's my fault completely. Uh, I noticed uh, during the last bunch of rain, we live near some huge cedar trees, so there's always junk from the trees falling down into the gutters and filling them up and clogging them. Correct. So last huge Rainstorm before all this nonsense. Yep. I didn't get up on the ladder and clean out the gutters, so I know now that the gutters are full to the brim, and of course of ice. Yes. So and of course the ice expands. And so what's going to happen? You're going to your 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 gutters, your eaves troughs
2: are going to split. And they have no choice because they have no other way to go. They're going to stretch to maximum potential and
1: usually blow out the joints. But it's going to start to rain tomorrow. We've all, here we are yep. after the, the rainiest fall on record yep. and grousing and grumbling through yep. all of those months of rain. And here we are all on our collective knees going, oh, God, please bring it's, back the rain. It's, and so if it does come back starting tomorrow, yep. what's that going to do to my gutters and everyone it's else's? It's going to
2: fill your gutters full. And if it freezes again, you, imagine the amount, water weighs 62.4 pounds per cubic foot that's how much weight you now have this light tin on the side of your house right. holding up and it can tear off the side of your home and the other thing is it will eventually thaw but you've got to get the gutters cleaned there's a great product line out there it's called gutter guards there's there's uh they slip underneath your shingles and anything that comes down all the trees the leaves will sweep off the house
1: it doesn't stay and doesn't go into your gutter so keeping it free so it takes just liquid only is there anything I can do now, though? Because I can't even get in. I can climb up the ladder, yeah. but it's all frozen. It's I can't get in there with my hands and you know dig all the junk out to to free up the drain because it's just all block of ice. Is there a product? That I can get into to help. There's something I can pour in there and then get out, clearing that drain. <laughs> the, out. the only thing you'd be able to do is take a garden hose attached to your to your laundry and take the hot
2: water up and let it tr- trickle down through it. but oh. you know, you're, so you're, I'm you're, hooped. Is and, what and you're basically you shouldn't be smiling quite so happily. No, no, I'm just visualizing you sitting in the winter in the snow trying to climb up ladders and potentially hurt
1: yourself. Oh well, me, yeah, uh, ladders and I simply yeah. do not no, coexist n- peacefully. <laughs> exactly. I, I've fallen off more ladders than I care to think about. <laughs> yeah. This is why. I have children, but they don't want to climb my ladder either. (laughs) So, but that's so. If if you've not done it, and your 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 eaves troughs around your home are now full to the brim with ice, um, and and we're hopefully going to go into a major melt here in the next twenty four hours. So what, what do we watch for as it begins to melt? You're going to see probably water pour over your gutters yes. and, and down on below
2: and just let it do what it
1: needs to do. Let, let it let, overflow.
2: Let it overflow until it starts to thaw. And then she'll start to see that it stops overflowing. Then you know it's now traveling down the east trough to your perimeter drain tiles. At that point, you can get up on top of there and clean that debris away for now. But I would really recommend, there's great product lines out there. They're at uh, I think Home Depot may have a product line as well. And it's, it simply clips underneath, underneath your uh, actual uh, shingle. And goes over top of the, the gutter itself, so it prevents any of this debris from going into the gutter. Gotcha. Okay. So, so, that, so you TV. won't have that problem.
1: Absolutely. Uh, back to the phone. 604-280-9898. It's Vancouver Consumer. Our Christmas present to you this year is Stephen Bennett. And uh, any questions that you may have about where you live and hopefully getting through this cold spell and moving on, uh, you're most welcome to join us. 604-280-9898. To Langley. Jimmy, Hello.
3: Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Not a problem. Great to have a guest like this on your show. I've got a question about my hot water tank.
1: Okay, sure. Go ahead.
3: How, how often should we drain your hot water tank, or, or you know, run out the um, for
2: sediment and what have you? Okay. Uh, my professional opinion on that is do not ever touch a water ha- water heater. Every time you depressurize that tank and, that, and the glass lining and, and introduce fresh, cold water into it, you risk fracturing that. And when it fractures, it only is a light tin on the outside, a light metal, and as a result, it will then penetrate it and cause the water heater to leak. I find that uh, nine times out of ten, if you drain a tank down and you flush it out – that you're, you're going to find within six months or eight months all of a sudden now the tank is no good and that's simply what it's just it's simple logic you, you know the, the design of the tank and I used to keep a cutaway in my showroom to show people what I was talking about because it's concave so what little sediment you have will travel to the outside edges and, and has no bearing on the efficiency of the, of the tank at all and when right. I oh, open the tank I, I take with students and I've cut them open to show them the same thing that and they look inside and it goes really not a whole lot here and I go exactly it's the shape of it if you you could, if you could look at a tank and visualize in your mind this big concave, and then all the sediment rolls to the outside edge.
1: Interesting. Edges. Now, Jimmy, are you asking because maybe there's some kind of instruction manual that came that okay. recommended drainage? Is that the deal?
3: No. Uh, somebody uh, suggested that uh, if you drain the sediment out of the bottom uh, every few years or something like that, I thought it might have been uh, accurate or, or inaccurate. Okay. So yeah.
2: and it, prefer- well, I'm glad you called, Jimmy. And no, is your tank uh, electric or gas? It's gas. Yeah, yeah, so it's concave. So, yeah, no, absolutely not. Professionally, uh, I, I find that uh, every time that someone had mentioned, I just had my, my plumber said this and said that to do this, next thing I know, I'm in there replacing the tank. And it's usually six months or eight months. And,
3: and Hey, i got a quick follow-up question. Sure. Uh, if I can. Yeah. Uh, yep. i got a commercial property. I was wondering, do you guys do commercial work as well? If you do, what's your website and phone number? I'd like to get a hold of you
2: guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been doing commercial for 32 years. Um, it's uh, midcityplumbers.com. Mid-City MidCityPlumbers.com. And we yep. just, just opened it. And what I did is, uh, as an instructor, I've, I'm now teaching, uh, the students that I've gone through, that I've now signed off and graduate. I'm now working with teaching them how to build business for themselves in the, in the Vancouver area for themselves and their families. So that's what we're doing. So it's a brand new, brand new business out here. Uh, but I've been in the industry, uh, used to own Rotary to Plumbers for 32 years out of Kamloops and, uh, and loved it.
3: Thanks right. very much. I really appreciate your help, man. And I'll uh, I'll, track you down, I'll track you guys down on Monday. If, All right, I'll Jim. give
2: you my I'll give you my number there. It's seven seven eight. Yes, sir. Seven seven two.
3: Seven seven
2: 8676
1: That's my personal cell and office line.
3: That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your help, oh, Jimmy. Great to
1: great to hear from you this morning. Can we get one more in before the break? Sure. Let's do that. Let's. Uh, um, oh gosh, uh, we've got uh, Bob's on the line here. Uh, Bob, good morning to you. Wait a second, I have to press the right button. That would be my problem, Bob. Hello?
3: Yes, good morning. Happy, uh, <laughs> good
1: good morning, Bob. Um, uh,
3: relatively new house with one of the new fancy fridges with um, uh, water uh, uh, out of the door.
1: All right, and okay.
3: One, and the inline water filters. Now, I believe, if I read the manual correctly, the sensor automatically goes off to replace the filter based on time. And I was told that, you know, we've got soft water here in Canada or Vancouver, that you could just reset it maybe two or three cycles then replace it as opposed to you know every time that alarm
4: goes off
2: correct that's i 100% agree with you that's exactly uh we got pretty good water here it's a little acidic but uh um it, it's not generally clogged the reason why it gets clo- it'll get clogged up but uh is because of sediment debris usually pumps if you're out in the uh, rural areas you'll have problems like that but in the city of vancouver not too much but we also have to be careful that if you got it, you take the time to open that filter and look and if you see a culture of you know sludge and a sledgy that's a beigey type material slime then you know it's time clean it out put a new filter in
1: Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Bob. Good call. Now, these uh, these uh, water dispensers and little ice things yep. now, and some of the fridges even have uh, 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 soda water yep. carbonated dispensers. Yep. The more bells and whistles you pile onto a machine, the more things that can go wrong. Correct. And for example, these water dispensers, you don't think uh steven that of course they've got to go through some kind of filter system before they go into your glass Correct. how frequently should just as a matter of routine if you've got a fridge that pumps water out the door how frequently should, should you even think about opening it up finding the filter and changing the darn thing one year i would say six
2: months to one year and take the time to do it because it's really important because what we're finding now is now the new regulations come in with inspectors in the in the greater vancouver area is when they have water uh, dispensers and locations that have filters, we now have to put on what's called RPBAs, which is a backflow prevention device because when you take those those filters off, they can see the bacteria and it's, it's a slime. It's almost like what you see in your toilet. If you look in your toilet, you wonder what's this buildup of debris that started. Well, that same product is also what's going through your water treatment. Right. So it's being filtered out, it's being caught there and you can see it growing. And when you see it like that, we don't want that sucking back into the rest of the potable water system. So you've got to change it and you certainly don't want to be drinking it a lot of problem. Uh, people think it's out of sight, out of mind. Yes, of the, course. And a f- lot of people don't even think about having a filter. In there. That, just Look, it gives water. That the filters are dark, and, and because they're dark, you can't see through. don't have x-ray vision. They should be clear so you can see it. And uh, if you saw it, then you could react positively. Okay. Is it a change, or do you remove it and wash it out, or you to have to change it out? Change right? out the actual filter. Okay. The, the canister will usually be the same, or the device could have a
1: canister filter, just like a, an, an oil filter for your vehicle. Same idea. Need to take a break here. So, Mid- MidCityPlumbers.com is the website, and it's been on the the air, so to speak, or at least on the web for less than 24 hours. This is so new, it squeaks. MidCityPlumbers.com. Our guest is Stephen Bennett, and your calls to 604-280-9898 continue on Vancouver Consumer. You almost want to break into song and do that winter wonderland stuff, but you know I like my listeners and I sing Steven and this show is over in less than five seconds flat. It's Sterling Fox with Stephen Bennett, general contractor, plumbing and heating. He's been an instructor. He ran a company with over 50 employees for years. He's been in the trades for over 30 years and he's got a brand new company called Mid City Plumbers. He's been with us before on Vancouver Consumer. The phones went nuts at that time. We're doing pretty well today. Let me just give the number once and we'll get to Richard in Vancouver. It's 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. What's wrong at your place? <laughs> I have I have gutters. That's the issue in my house. Stephen, help me out. He'll be happy to help you too. Richard, thanks for waiting. Good morning.
3: Good morning, and thank you, Stephen, for all the great practical homeowner advice. Hey, listen, back to the gentleman that was talking about hot water tanks, and I often believe that uh both plumbers maybe not yourself but other plumbers and the industry sort of has a built-in obsolescence thing on these hot water tanks but what's your thinking because of Vancouver having uh, very soft water and what I've been doing and I've found that it really increases the life of my hot water tank is after about four to five years as I changed the sacrificial uh, anode rod in these things because I think our water is really aggressive on tanks and if you don't uh and that rod starts to disintegrate uh basically starts going for the tank afterwards what's your thoughts
2: on that that's uh i, I agree with that 100% uh when you've got uh high alkalinity like say soft water but our, we have a high alkalinity in our water and it's it, it's it starts attacking the metal it starts attacking everything and that's why that sacrificial anode is there so yeah after 5 years if you took it out and it's completely pitted, and you know it doesn't take, but it takes a socket wrench to get it out. And if you get it out and take a look at it, if it's chewed up, then you know exactly what's happening with your water.
3: And just a secondary point on that one: if uh, homeowners are doing it, be very, very careful because often the replacement rods are not the exact same length as the one. It's a generic part, so. Some of them you have to saw off about three or four
2: inches. Away. Ah, so that, all right. Yeah, Interesting to, tip. Because the concave inside. So yeah, it depends. 40-gallon, 50-gallon tank, you've got to be specific on, on the one that you're entering. And there's also ones when you have uh, really heavy iron in the water, and it, it makes your hot water smell like rotten eggs.
1: You've got to go to a different type of sacrificial anode. Richard was alluding to, and thanks for your call, yeah. uh, well, uh, to you alluding Richard. to planned obsolescence. Come <laughs> on, it's how companies make money. They build things to last, they tell you, but yep. clearly they don't last as long long as they used to and i don't mean to, to date myself but you know some of those products from the 60s and the 70s some of them are still working yeah and and you you know, you yep. were telling me uh during the break that yep. you moved into a new house yep. and all brand new appliances and they all had to be replaced within what five years within five years every uh, single every single appliance and you for, know how to keep them in, in yeah, tip-top yeah. shape
2: frigidaire it was frigidaire maytag everything didn't matter which product line when it placed it and it happened again over and over that's
1: discouraging but, stuff isn't yeah, it
2: just a little part of that I, you know there's, there's, there's rick there's, hang on a second here plumbers will make that work make work project and i think that's when to tell people to flush your tanks so just take my advice professionally speaking after this many years do not touch a tank do not flush your tank do not de- you know, depressurize it. introduce ice cold water to hot warm glass because mm. you're just
1: going to cost yourself money rick thanks for waiting good morning to you um
3: i got it. Well, two small questions. The Shoot. smoke that builds up in the tank of the toilet, um, is there a chemical I can put in there
2: to help get rid of it? Because I'm basically cleaning it out with a long glove and a cloth, which is a pain. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, no, there is absolutely no chemicals that do that. What you have to probably do is take a toilet brush in the back of there and just sweep it around and it flush it down the drain. It's, uh, it's sub- it should be like a clay gray type material, and it's going to build up over time. It's, uh, uh, where are you located at? I
3: live in New Westminster.
2: Okay. New West. And you find you've got a lot there?
3: No, I do it maybe three, four times a year just because I don't want it to build up, and I'm sick and tired of replacing the flushing
2: mechanism inside. Yeah. Yeah, the best thing to you take a toilet brush to it, it. It really won't cause any damage to anything. Usually the flapper is the one that's going to go long before that, and it's because of the, the material breaking down. The toilet flapper is generally got – and within a year, you've got to replace them. And people think, again, there's a product in there. We flush our toilets. And if the ash is consider the toilet, you could hear it trickling through and, going, and you're losing – thousands of liters of water a day
1: or a year rick you said you had a couple of questions what's number two
3: yeah also i noticed my tub it's 25 years old it's not Mm -hmm. leaking or anything it's starting to creak when i get out of it on the opposite end of where the water goes down the drain i mean i'm 200 pounds i mean i was going to call a plumber and have a look i know it's not leaking because we're renovating and the wall behind it is cut out um should i be concerned or just replace the tub
2: uh, I, I would be a little concerned if it's in reasonable state and, and you want to keep things as is, then you've got to get in below it and, and give it some, some love and support underneath it, but block it back up. Now, is it, is it metal or is it fiberglass?
1: Oh, uh, no, it's metal. It's, it's 25 years old.
2: He said yeah. yeah. Well, 25 years away, we still had the fiberglass. Oh, at that did we? Point. And, yet, well, yeah, and oh, okay. it used to crack and get the creak, but the floors crack, and then you call in the manufacturer. He comes and reglazes it again. Oh. You know, fantastic. Makes your tub look brand new. Don't tear it out. Don't go to that massive expense. You want to change your tiles or what have you. But the manufacturers of those fiberglass tubs or gel tubs, you hire them. It's fairly inexpensive. They get in there, reglaze it, and set it back up. In your case, the steel one, you've got some movement. So so if something wasn't leveled properly from day one, and now it's worn down a bit. So if you can get below the tub, or you can get your hand up inside and cut a little, a little access panel, you can slip in a block of wood, give it a little bit of support. Or I use sometimes I
1: use the spray insulation works as well. All right. Thank you, uh, Rick. Laura in Vancouver, good morning to you. Good
3: morning. Thank you. Um, with this cold weather, mm-hmm. my kitchen drain is on an exterior wall. So is
1: mine. And it's frozen. Oh, yeah. geez. Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what do you want to do? First of all, people, do not take a torch out and use a torch on any cast iron or metal to try it because you can't see the flame. You will just simply burn your home down. Stay no, with and that. and it's
3: you... plastic. Yeah. Online.
2: It's plastic
1: too. Okay. Oh, you got, you got plastic on the outside? Mm.
3: Well, okay. no, no, no. It's not it's outside inside the, wall. the house. It's oh. inside it's the inside
1: wall, of... but it's on an outside wall. Oh, it's on the and outside. So it's clo- close enough to that outside wall that it's frozen. So how do you know that it's frozen?
3: Well, because water won't go down, and when we release the uh, clean-out under the sink, yep. the water that was sitting, kept it flowed out. But if I put water into the sink, the water doesn't go anywhere.
2: Okay. All and right.
3: All the other drains are fine, and this is an old, old farmhouse, so although what? we've renovated, the walls are only 2 there's not a lot of room in behind
2: it for insulation. Okay. Right. Yeah. And did, was your was your sink dripping at all during? Does it have a drip on the tap? Because that's how it happens. No. no. Okay. No, so no. It you know what? When I
3: was doing dishes and I filled it up to do dishes and then it wouldn't it S- wouldn't drain. Step right.
2: one. Let's get a, let's get a small a snake down there. Let's clean and try to clean the drain. If it stops dead, then you know it's frozen. If that's the case, then I use I use a PEX off the hot water t- off the sink and I slip a PEX line in very gently with a shop back sucking it and just a little piddle of hot water and I push through it. So I thought, and then I cleaned the drain. That's oh. what I've done for years. In the council area, okay. minus 40 is, is not uncommon. Of course, of course. And, yeah. and, all the ho- yep. and it would freeze between the walls constantly.
1: But I guess the, in Laura's case, yep. is, if you're going to try to DYI, do it yourself, do it very slowly and very yes. carefully. Uh, correct.
2: Yeah,
3: okay, just, but you're just, saying put pecs down it?
1: No, that's what I – first, first oh.
2: step one is try to clean the drain. Use yeah. a, use a light cable. Try to get the cable to go down the drain to clean the mm-hmm. drain, and, I'll, yep. and you might find it's just grease buildup and debris, and that's all it is. And then, and once that happens, you clean the drain out, you're good to go. If not, if you travel down with the cable and stops completely dead and doesn't move forward, you pull it back. You can feel the coldness on it. That's when I would resort to using PEX either from the v- the vent on the roof. Because it's an old farmhouse, you'll drop straight on top of the problem, sure. and then you put, the, you, put the, you put the plug in the sink, you let the water rise up in the sink. So you go up outside with some PEX tubing, and you hook it to your kitchen sink and reduce it from the, from the sink faucet connection to a 3-8 connection, and travel down there, you'll thaw it out in a matter of
1: seconds. All right, Laura, I hope that works for you. By the way, you were talking about dripping. Uh, uh, Is it an old wives' tale that uh, if you have on, uh, uh, as is the case with Laura and a lot of us who live in older homes, uh, the the kitchen sink is right by the back wall of the house. The pipes are not far away, and some of those older homes aren't particularly well insulated. They're not well insulated. So the the old wives' tale I'm going to run by you here is you leave uh, uh, a water flow at all times coming up out of the pipes uh, in that sink by the outside wall to just create... Uh, a flow so that nothing freezes up because it's standing still. Correct. That's on the potable wa- pot
2: water piping, and you don't want your pipes to freeze. That's exactly what happens. You turn on a little trickle of water, uh, let it go. Okay. But if you have a drip on a sink, and it's as cold as it's been out here in Vancouver, and you're poorly insulated, that little drip going down is just like turning to freeze. It turns to freeze, and it freezes inside the inch and a half pipe, and as a result, in your drain line, and then freezes solid, and then you're in that situation
1: today. Okay. Uh, to Chilliwack next. Hi, Kerry.
4: Oh, hi there. How are
3: you?
1: Um, great, thanks. What's your question for Mr. Bennett, please?
3: Okie okay, dokie. Okay. So I live, I have a, like a basement and then two-story home. And okay. the main floor bathroom and the two bathrooms upstairs, the basement's fine, but the main floor bathroom and the two uh, bathrooms upstairs are constantly plugging up.
2: The What is plugging up? The bathtub, the lav, or the, sorry, the, the, to- the toilet? The toilet. The okay. Toilets. just the toilet by itself then the what it's toilet, go-
3: yeah it just they're they're always always plugging up
2: okay you probably have did you change your toilets out and go to low volume flushing toilets
3: uh, no
2: there's there's they're thirteen liters pardon they're a thirteen liter toilet or they <laughs> the new energy yeah, efficient this, toilet toilets
3: yeah this house was uh, from two thousand seven so whatever the toilets they yeah,
4: they're they're not
1: special or anything. Okay. okay. Do the do the sinks and everything else drain? Is just the toilet just keep backing uh, backing up on you?
4: All three of them. Yep. Okay. All three of them.
1: Stephen. Well then I what do is call it would call
2: me up when it's backed up and I'll come over and pull the toilet over as it is in the position to see what is actually caused the problem see if it's in the actual event, venting and drainage portion of it or is it just inside the water closet by itself and you can usually find that you have an object inside there a lot of problem dental floss the kids are flushing dental floss down there Put or somebody all,
4: did But all three of them? Mm.
2: Yeah, oh yeah.
3: Drain
2: in the same thing, right? They, no, they, they may be piped all the same main line uh, by the time it reaches the basement, but individually plugged by themselves. But everything else that you have there from the bathtub to the labs, they're all plumbed on the same line. Sure. So what would happen is if your toilet backed, if the sewer backed up, that would also show up in your bathtub, too. If you tried plunging your toilet and, it was, and the main line was plugged anywhere on offsetting floors, it would, it would bubble up and down inside the lowest fixture, which would be your bathtub.
1: Ah, so give them a call. And uh, by the way, uh, the website, if you want to follow up on that, is MidCityPlumbers, all one word, MidCityPlumbers.com, brand new, yesterday afternoon. <laughs> it's that new. Michael in Cultus Lake, hello to you. Oh, hi there. How are you doing? All right, thank you. Just uh, a quick question,
3: uh, I've got a, uh, just a standard electric uh, tank, 40-gallon tank, and uh, I've got a slow drip, just a very tiny drip coming out of the, uh, you know, the exterior, uh, I guess it's a relief line that comes out, you know, the
2: clear yeah, plastic. The, uh, the TMP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's happening there is uh, either your house, the pressure to your house's delivery is over 80 PSI. Uh, do you have a PRV on the house? Uh, what is that? A pressure reducing valve, PC uh, uh, plumbing maybe. code.
3: Yeah, maybe. It's it's about eight. Nine years old. Uh, I'm not sure
2: if I have that or not. Yeah, it comes right where the valve comes inside the house. You see a, a large globular brass device. That device. Oh, okay. Is, yeah,
3: I do have that actually.
2: Yeah. And then what you do is you put. It, first thing I do is when I got there, I would put a gauge onto your water to see what the pressure actually is, and if I can control it, bring it up or down. Because if that gate, if that, if that device has failed, then what's happening is the pressure rises up, and at the same time, the temperature in the tank maybe set at about 140, 150. That's just at the parameters of where that TMP is going to start to discharge. Oh, it's okay. it's a safety relief. I've never capped that line off, folks. Never ever cap that line off because you'll create a vaporizing bomb. Yeah, it's there for a reason. It's to say I'm overpressurizing. I got to I got to get rid of some of this uh So This is heat.
1: built into since uh, about 10 years at least are these uh, pr- pressure release oh, valves.
2: Oh, since water heaters exist. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. Okay. When they used to be brass cylinders. Absolutely. It's a so safety I, device. I, I, I thought the tank was actually
3: on its way. No. South, but I uh, don't have to worry about it. No. Just putting a gauge on that uh <clears throat>
2: on the now put a gauge onto outside hose bib, whatever you want, and, and read that pressure. And then yep. what you want to see is it should be below eighty psi. Okay. And if it's over that, then you got a problem. And then what okay. you do is you go to your gate, you go to your device, and you go on, online to uh, YouTube, and it shows you guys, it shows a, a homeowner what to do as as turning rotate it in to bring the pressure down. If it doesn't respond, you just need to replace that device. But but now that your TMP is discharging, you also want to replace that too
1: because it's now weak. But it could be a relatively minor expense versus what you're thinking it might be, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Because
2: what happens, if that thing, if that TMP now goes full-blown discharge, it will discharge at that three-quarter-inch pipe right to your floor, or hopefully you've got it plumbed to a floor drain. And it will just keep on going until somebody t- turns off the water.
1: That's a huge mess. Okay, oh, thanks yeah. for the info. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call, Michael. Great. This, this is just a wonderful Christmas <laughs> present for Matt and me to be able to pass along yeah. to our listeners. Stephen was kind enough to join us uh, ten weeks ago, when on very short notice uh we were handed the vancouver consumer assignment and, and uh, proved to be quite quite the guest the phones as i recall 10 weeks ago were about as crazy as they have been this morning uh, and again it's because you just it, it, you're able to answer so many different c- uh, categories i love of helping
2: people i love helping the people of vancouver if i can help you and save you some money you know the cost living living's high enough as it is if we can if i can point you in the right direction you can pick it up yourself great you save money
1: and you've got an interesting approach to this new smallish company. Yep. You've, yep. you've had companies with over fifty employees, Correct. and so you've been there, done that. Yep. And this time around, it's very much a small operation, and a lot of the staff that you've got around you are former students. How much fun is that?
2: It's fantastic because I love teaching them. I've uh, I just finished actually signing off another student last week. He's got his full credentials, and they and they stay with me because of the experience that I gave them. I get the, 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 the thing is I have such a passion for the trades. I have such a passion for plumbing and gas fitting and drains that you know it's, it's been my life it's it's been this uh, it's been fantastic and i spread that onto them i teach them how to build a business of their own right and help them they're my friends when i go to a suppliers it's not who's competition i don't use the word competition i mm-hmm. said i go there and say who are my friends and that's what it is and i really enjoy it and we're growing and we've only been open for a month and four trucks already so wow. we're growing at four trucks per month
1: Wow, but yep. then you're, you're going to cap it this time. You're not going to have 50 people n- nope. working for you again, are you? <laughs> no. So
2: what's your cutoff? What do you figure would I, be an ideal number? An ideal number, I think, to be su- really successful and provide a good quality service to people where the, the, you're passing on that savings to people, not mm-hmm. big charge-out rates for your first hour. Um, I, I I think the the magic number here in Vancouver would be around 10. Oh, okay. For the size of the city. okay. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna go above that, then you got more and more expenses. Okay,
1: yeah. uh, so here we are, a big snowstorm going on. It's yep. likely this, and we're, we're on the twenty first floor at Georgia and Granville, friends at Pacific Center, and it's just snowing to beat the band out there. So uh, we're gonna. Uh, I'm, I took SkyTrain this morning. I know you've got one of your service trucks here, so you can go anywhere in that. <laughs> yeah. I I decided no, no, no. Somebody else can drive this morning. That 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 a nice robot on the SkyTrain did a superb job. So what about just general tips here to just get through? This deep freeze into the big thaw in the next 24 hours. What's going to happen that's going to surprise a few of us? What's going to hit you is everything we talked about that froze.
2: We're talking anything that's water pressure, water supplied, and you don't know because you're not, you're not outside checking your hose bibs right now. And all of a sudden it gets above zero. Now there's going to thaw. That ice is going to give free, and yeah. something's going to happen. So you're going to leak internally in your home somewhere. Or it's going to be spraying on the outside, flooding the outside of your structure, rolling towards your footings and your foundations, and, and have water penetrating there. So it's, it's, it happens. I've seen it happen every
1: single year in the cold. Is there, in terms of snow accumulation, because a lot of us, you know, we've kept the walks uh, as clean as possible. But, you know, you get snow banks and buildup and stuff. Uh, Last uh, thoughts on uh, where not to make snow banks, uh, (laughs) which will cause problems. Yeah, right where you park your cars. Well, that's a good one. (laughs) That that one I figured out all by myself. But anywhere around the house you want to stay away from?
2: Yeah, you want to keep the the snow away from the structure. Okay. Keep it away from the walls of the house. Okay. You know, so that water flows away from the house. If so it's going to go to a rapid thaw, I've seen lots and lots of uh, homes that are on a slope of a hill. The water rolls towards a structure and floods them. It floods, and you can't stop it. You just got to build a brim. Make sure your your house is the crown of the hill. Make sure everything flows away
1: from it. All right, Stephen Bennett. Thank you for doing this. It's great to see you again. Congratulations on the new business, the new website, friends. Oh, and and he's holding up that important ring finger on the left hand since the last time we saw. You yeah. ten weeks ago. You've become a. She's made an honest man of you. Yes, yes. She's Con- congratulations, she's Stephen. Wonderful. The new website is midcityplumbers.com. Thank you for this. Thanks for all the calls this morning. What a good round on Vancouver Consumer. Yeah. Merry Christmas to you and your lovely bride.
2: Thank you. I just want to put the number up my phone number one more time. Sure. Anybody go ahead. Any, go ahead. I love answering questions. So if I'm not here to answer questions, call any time. It's, it's there's no cost to call and have a conversation. Of course. With go me. ahead. My phone number 778-772-772-772.
1: All right, thank you. Stephen Bennett, Mid City Plumbing, back with a few final thoughts after this. our thanks again to Stephen Bennett of Mid-City Plumbing and Heating for his return to our show. And thanks for all your calls, too. What good fun that was. Hopefully, we were able to help resolve a few problems in this coldest winter in several years as we try to keep where we live in the best shape possible. And now it's time for the Steel Report. Today, Jody Vance sits in and looks at the struggle to stay slim in this tasty, fatty, fun season.
0: I'm Jody Vance, and this is your Steel Report. Christmas party season is ramping up, and for many, it's a time where our normal eating habits and diets go right out the window. But as Choices Market's dietitian Jess Pernak explains, there are some things you can do to stay somewhat healthy during the holidays. For one, snack before you head out.
4: Munching on veggies with vegetable-based dips and eating things that are high in protein that are baked, not fried. So kind of loading up on some good stuff before you get tempted by the the sweets.
0: If you've loaded up on a Christmas feast and are starting to feel sluggish, Jess says instead of flopping on the couch to take a nap, try stretching and walking around for a bit, as large as your belly may feel.
4: Well, you got to bring that insulin level down, so I would do some stretching or some gentle walking or even just getting up and doing the dishes really stimulates our digestive system and kind of gets the food moving in and digest it a little bit rather than just sitting there while we fall asleep on the couch.
0: And if you don't take any of Jess's advice and wake up the morning after a party with your stomach feeling absolutely horrible, there is one simple thing you can do to feel better.
4: You want to do like a tea or a coffee to kind of actually get your digestive system up and running. So those tends, those are really nice ways to kind of stimulate it without having to put more food in your body.
0: Happy feasting! I'm Jody Vance. The Steel Report is for Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca.
1: Thanks, Jody couple of consumer quickies before we go today. Here in Metro Vancouver, we live in the land of craft beer. We are Canada's Portland. The number of breweries in our part of the world is surprising, aided, I'm sure, by the number of master brewers who are really happy to call Vancouver home. Well, imagine a brewery where a computer is basically your brewmaster. In the U.K. right now, there's a new beer company called Intelligent X whose strategy is a brew based on an algorithm recipe created by consumer feedback. So what you do is you try this week's brew, you go online, and you tell them what you think so the next batch could be different if enough customers, for example, decide the current batch has too much hops, so the computer changes the brew ingredient mix. Their first beer, called A1, is so far only available in the UK. Not a lot of Vancouver craft brewer anxiety about this so far. Nobody's feeling too threatened this far away. And here are a couple of things you probably don't know about the new Star Wars movie Rogue One, which opened this weekend. One, it's the first standalone chapter in the Series and the producers say a sequel is highly unlikely. Two, the producers used Photoshop footage from World War II and Vietnam to create some of the battle scenes. And three, George Lucas saw the film, which had nothing to do with any of the ideas he included in the sale of the franchise to Disney. And Mr. Lucas was apparently quite moved. Rogue One director Gareth Edwards claims he can die happy now, having received the most important review of all from the creator of Star Wars. And it was a good one, too. And that is our show for this week. Tim Dickard is up after the news to noon. For Matt Humphrey and myself, our best wishes for a happy, safe, and warm holiday season. Merry Christmas, one and all. We are back January 8th with another edition of Vancouver Consumer right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.
0: The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.